0: Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. With Fidelity Wealth Management, a dedicated advisor can work with you on a comprehensive plan to help you reach your wealth's full potential. Plus, you'll have access to specialists in estate planning strategies. So you're not just growing and protecting your wealth. You're sharing it more at fidelity.com slash wealth investment minimums apply fidelity brokerage services LLC member NYSE SIPC welcome to the Jill on money show it's Tuesday February 7th and we are here talking to you about your financial questions and uh, you know I do love the fact that the new book, which is called The Great Money Reset, change your work, change your wealth, change your life. I like the life part. Remember I told you, Mark, that um, my friend Raul said that the show should not be called Jill on Money. It should be called Jill on Life. Because as you know, when we're talking to you about the things going on in your financial life, it inevitably leads to your real life. I think that that's important because... You know, the money, it's just, it's just a little piece. It's a little tiny piece. And it is the way that you start to figure out how you can make your life different. But it is so much emotion and it's so much like history. And sometimes people don't know what they wanna do. I get all of that. But if you wanna walk through some scenarios with us, we'll tell you, I shouldn't have said money's a tiny piece. It's a bigger than tiny piece, but it's a piece, right? And there are other things as well. So if you would like our help, Me and Mark, both certified financial planners. Go to JillOnMoney.com, click the contact us button. Let us know if you'd be willing to come on the air. We're going to do some emails today because those things build up like crazy. Uh, This is from Stephen, who writes Hi, Jill. I hear you on CBS radio every day, and I'm a big fan. Oh, that's nice. Thank you. Stephen's question is We bought our house in 1999, we took out a $200,000 mortgage, and I've refinanced twice. Uh, but we restarted the 30-year clock every time. This is fascinating. They went from paying $1,300 a month down to $730 per month. Okay, if I had kept my original mortgage, I would have the house paid off in 2029. Since I've refinanced twice, the mortgage doesn't come due till 2043. The principal is only down to 125. My question is, if I have the funds to pay off the mortgage early, should I do so? I don't plan on moving for at least another 10 years. If at all, kids are almost done with college. Daughter has another year of grad school. Son has one more year of college. I will be 55 in April. I am well invested in 401ks and also outside of my 401k. I've got cash of $250,000. I feel like if I do pay off that mortgage early, I might wait until after the kids are done with school. Thanks for your help. Um, Okay. So his principal's 125. I don't know what the rest of the mortgage is, the whole mortgage. I'm saying a hard no right on this now because I don't know what your rate is, but I bet it's low. And if your excess cash is worth something for your peace of mind and just keeping it there, that's good. I would prefer you wait to see whether or not you're really going to sell the house. I don't know. Let's say you have 20, you see, we're at 2043. So we got 20 years left on this. You know, why not just keep it? paying it for say the next five or 10 years, maybe you have a different idea about this and maybe you really do want to stay there. And even if that's the case, why not keep a low cost mortgage, right? That's at a reasonable rate and have that other money, that extra cash on the side. Maybe you invest some of that. Right now, I bet that your total investments over the next 10, 20 years are going to do better than the interest rate associated with your mortgage. Now, if this freaks you out, The other thing to do is to say, well, you know, let me really look at a financial plan. I'm 55 years old. What happens at 65? I think you're going to have this house for another 10 years at least. I wouldn't do anything with it until then. And if you determine that you really are going to sell it, then absolutely do not pay off the mortgage. But if you really decide you want to stay, maybe at that point when you're, you know, another 10 years from now, you can accelerate it. Okay. That is to me, your game plan. I hope that helps. Gail writes, "Mm, this is an interesting subject, a, a subject about which I know little. So let me just start right there. Here's the subject. Getting Medicare costs down by using Social Security Administration's Form 44. So Gail writes, love your podcast. I listen every day. Here's something I think would benefit a lot of your listeners. Okay, let's do it. My husband and I sold our business in January of 21 for a million dollars, and our income for the prior year was about $280,000. Due to the two-year look-back period that Medicare does, we would have had to pay a lot for 2022 and the maximum amount for 2023. Okay, this is fascinating. My cousin, everyone, let's a hat tip to Gail's cousin, my cousin told me to file form SSA 44, where we stated that we retired in 21 and thus they didn't charge us IRMA. I I knew this was getting back to IRMA. Income-related monthly adjustment amount. That's IRMA. I'm going to explain it in a second. And it saved us thousands of dollars for those two years. Neither my CPA nor our financial advisor told us about Form SSA-44. It's easy to fill out. Nobody seems to know about it. Lots of your listeners are high earners and they're subject to IRMA. Let them know about this. You just have to state that you retired and they won't charge you IRMA. Okay, Mark, should we do a little quick IRMA thing? Um, it's basically, if you make extra, if you make more money than the government thinks is like sort of reasonable for paying for your surcharge on Medicare, uh, they say you got to contribute. Okay. So if you earn over $300,000, there are extra charges that you will have to pay for both Medicare Part B and D. And it can amount to, Gail's right, $300 $300 a month, $400, the top amount you would pay would be $472 a month. Now, the thing about this is I don't know if this worked because would it work for everyone? I don't know anything about this. This is a slot question. What do you think, Mark? Oh, for sure. I mean, it's, it's strange that neither the CPA nor the financial advisor knew anything about it. I'm just looking at the form now, and it says, uh, if you had a major life-changing event and your income has gone down, you may use this form to request a reduction in your income-related monthly adjustment amount. Okay, so what's interesting about that is like, okay, we sold our business, and now we're, um, you know, we no longer have two hundred eighty thousand dollars a year in income, and therefore, as a result, I'm intrigued by how much other money they have because there is. Well, it might be completely legitimate. It does feel a tiny bit weird in that, like they have they sold their business for a million bucks. You know what I mean? I don't know. Maybe they have. Maybe that's all the money they have. Next up. Anne, who has a question about long-term care insurance. She writes, I'm trying to decide if I really need long-term care insurance. Single with a minor child in my early fifties. Already I'm thinking no, but let's see what else. Um, Anne has a good income, mid six figures. I hope to retire with between two to $3 million in traditional and Roth 401ks. I'm paying on a group long-term care policy through my work. The rate is $170 a month. The price of the premium has already doubled since I first got it three years ago. It has a compound inflation feature, a 90-day elimination period, followed by $6,000 monthly maximum for nursing facility, $4,200 for residential care, $100 daily max for home community-based care, lifetime maximum of $432,000. After watching my parents attempt to utilize their long-term policy for my stepfather, I'm realizing how many complications there are to these policies. I'm also realizing I might not need it for many years, if at all, during which time the premium is likely to increase substantially. I'm starting to wonder if I would be better off canceling the policy and putting the extra money away in savings. Let's see. Let me give you the other information. She has got right now $900,000 $900,000 in a 401k, current net worth $1.7 million, hopes to retire mid to late 60s. Monthly income needs once I'm no longer raising a child will be $8,000 a month. Okay, here's what I think. I don't think you need it. I mean, for $170 bucks a day, I'd probably keep just for the heck of it. But also what I would all put out there for you is that I actually think disability insurance is more important to you than long-term care insurance. Because disability is what will whack you. If you don't make this money in the next 15 years, then you're screwed. And so is your kid, because you really won't have the money. I'm presuming since they offer long-term care, that you absolutely have a disability policy as well. But I may encourage you to just make sure about that, please. The, the theory here is that if you needed care, you'd you'd spend your money. And then your kid is, you know, out of luck a little bit, but It may be worth it. I don't know about breaking up with the policy right now. I sure would like to see, you know, 170 a month is so nothing. How much more would it have to cost me to really pay attention? It would have to double again. Probably don't need it, but 170, no big deal. Maybe if it got to be like $500 a month, I'd be concerned. Talk to me when it gets to 300. I'm going to keep it till it's 300. That's what I would say for now. Um, By the way, I love this person. Should we use a different name? Let's call this person Gina, okay? Gina says, I wish I could come on the show, but I've gotten so many friends and coworkers listening to the pod. I feel like someone is bound to recognize my situation. Okay, so soon to turn 61, my husband is 65 and recently retired. Of course, he wants to retire, now he wants her to retire. She says, he wants me to retire and feels that our financial situation would be secure, even with my having to pay for health insurance out of pocket. Here is the rundown. You ready, Mark? The home's paid off. It's worth seven hundred fifty dollars She makes $180,000. They have Roth assets. She's got seventy-one He's got sixty-four dollars Wow. They, they've they got four. Oh, my God. I'm just going to give you the answer. Yes, you can do it. He's right. I'm just looking at the numbers. Be- <laughs> Should I, do I have to go through all the numbers? Here's the deal. They live in a high cost of living area. They want pre-tax income of $140,000. But the thing that's amazing is they have saved a ton of money. Can we just eyeball this? She makes 180. They have uh, almost $2.5 million in retirement accounts. Yeah, about $2.5 million. Most of it is traditional. Taxable account is $55,000, one hundred forty dollars in cash, $20,000 in I-bonds. Social security is going to be pretty nice. It's going to be uh, three, about $7,000 a month once she gets to her full retirement. Remember, she's 61. Okay, but here's the issue. This is fascinating. I've been a nurse for 38 years. And while I like my job, the wear and tear is starting to get to me. My husband is adamant that we're set. I'm not so sure. We are fortunate in that longevity is good in both families. Oh, and yes, we have estate planning and they both have long-term care insurance, so, Mark, what do you think? Can they do it? They got to spend a bunch of money down. Um, and I presume what they would do is, see, in my mind, the home's paid off. They still want pre-tax income of $140,000. they are going to have to pull money out of his retirement account. I think that's what I would do if she were really going to stop. Because remember, they've got they have to fill the gap until Social Security for her. And they'd have to pull money slowly but surely out of the pre-tax accounts, pay the tax that's due, it's probably smart to do that anyway, then get to the end of, then they're in social security, they can reduce the amount. Do you think that they have enough money to do it, Mark? They probably do. I don't know if she's going to be comfortable for the next few years spending all that money. It's a real spend down, like it's for real. So, you know, that would really mean if we just consider this right now, that like, if you have 2.3 million in your, um, right now, in your retirement accounts, in your tax accounts. it essentially means you're gonna to have to pay pull out five, six hundred thousand dollars out of those accounts. That's a lot. You have to pay tax on it. Here's what I would say. How about if you split the difference? I mean many nurses can do part time work. Could you do that? Could you actually do some part-time work for a few more years? I feel like you want to build up a little bit extra cash. If I were you, I'd keep working for maybe a year or two years. If this doesn't feel comfortable, I would stop putting money into my retirement accounts and I would really start socking away cash. I would go until about 63 and a half, so about two and a half more years. And then that way for, the, for a year and a half, she can do COBRA, which will probably be cheaper. Right. That's a good idea you're in better shape than you think, and you're not in as good a shape as he thinks. So to split that out, um, working for another, every year you work is a better year, right? Because you have saved money. So if you continue to work, at least let's like you do what Mark says, 63 and a half, and you sock away the money that was going into retirement, put it in cash, make sure you build up your cash reserve because you know you have to take that money out to pay for, number one, more healthcare, because Cobra is going to be pretty penny for you and also for your expenses. I don't understand. Like you do live in a high cost area, but 140 grand without any mortgage. Hmm, I don't know. That's a lot. So I have a feeling that you, this is kind of what you want to do. And if, and if he wants to fight us about the numbers, okay. All right. Uh, If you have a question, if you and your spouse are differing a little bit, you know what, usually when you have um, a little bit of anxiety about these things, there is a kernel of truth on both sides. I really do see that. Like if you're feeling anxious, but he's not, he is probably right. It's probably going to be okay. But you should not feel like weird that you have anxiety because it's not like, it's not like oh, you can do this, you know, lights out, no problem. There's There are going to be trade-offs. And it doesn't sound like she's going to be, and again, this is so much better when we could talk to you, but if you want to follow up with us, we're happy to do that. Okay. But if you say, Hey, you know what? I really think that it just feels weird to me. This is why it feels weird because you're probably, you know, on the cusp a little bit. Okay. Either way, if you want to follow up, do so. Um, And you know how to do that. Go to JillOnMoney.com. Click the Contact Us button and um, we'll get your note, okay? And if everyone else out there is having any sort of issue around this, just give us a holler. Contact Us button. Let us know if you'd be willing to come on the air. We're happy to talk to you. And while you're on the website, don't forget, we've got the free weekly newsletter and you can order The Great Money Reset. This is my new book. It's 10 Bold Steps to Turn Chaos into Opportunity. Do lift someone up today because it's going to make that person feel good and it's going to make you feel really good. Change your work, change your wealth, change your life. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Do you know a high schooler who is a natural leader and loves to give back to their community? The Leukemia and Lymphoma Society's Student Visionaries of the Year program might be the perfect opportunity forming strong teams to support them. Student Visionaries of the Year candidates fundraise for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society in honor of a pediatric blood cancer survivor in their local community. This seven-week philanthropic leadership development program helps students gain valuable life skills like project management, communication, financial literacy, and entrepreneurship. Not to mention, it looks great on college applications. But most importantly, it's a chance for students to engage in meaningful work within their community and make a real impact on the lives of blood cancer patients and their families. Learn more about Student Visionaries of the Year or nominate a student at LLS.org students. That's LLS.org students.